Hello, hello. Welcome to episode two of the Zillennial Big Sis podcast. I am your host, Emma. Do, do, do. I still don't have an intro song. My sister is writing it for me. Welcome back or welcome to the Zillennial Big Sis podcast. Whether this is your first listen or it's the second time you come back or maybe third if you listen to the intro episode. Um, This is episode number two, the official second of the series. Today, I'm going to be talking about being, you know, the duff of the friend group, having super hot friends, and being that middleman for the people who are interested in your friends. I think it's something that's super interesting that a lot of us have had to go through, and I'm really excited to get started on this topic. So if you were to think about your friend group as a team roster, like this is your pack, this is your team, let's go. You know, rosters are really helpful because they give you stats on all of the players. And let's be completely honest, most gals, when you know, you're walking across the college campus or you're about to go to a school or see someone cute online and they're wearing like a Harvard baseball shirt, the first thing that you do is you go look at the roster. You see what's up with um, Tyler Baseball and you see, oh my gosh, you know, he's 5'9", which is like eh for me because I'm a tall girl. Or you're like, whoa. You know, Zach Basketball is like 6'2", like 6'7", all this. So you're looking at this for information on the guys. So imagine if your friend group had a roster. And this roster is not only going to give all of your stats, like, you know, height, weight, you know, gender, things like that. It's also going to be like, she's a biology major or she's into knitting, kind of things like that. If your friend group were to have a roster... You know, there may be some top players. There may be some top players on your friend group, and that's something that's completely okay. So to explain my roster of friends a little better, because I wouldn't consider myself a top player on my friend group roster, because not going to lie, I hang out with like some of the hottest, smartest, most amazing women ever, and even my guy friends too. But I'm kind of talking about this in a little bit of a heteronormative sense, so take it as you will. But I mean, my friends are hot. I can't lie. Like, I'm just going to tell you some stats about some of them. So there's like A over here and A is, you know, she's beautiful, blonde. She is tall and she's super smart and sweet. Literally could be a Victoria's Secret model and has like the personality of an angel, right? So that's A. She's like a solid, solid girl. So then we get to like player M and M is so amazing. She has this beautiful smile. She is so funny. She's like the life of the party. Usually found doing the worm, beautiful girl. And the thing is about M is she's really smart. And then over here we have S and S is like this lanky, like really cool, like kind of runner type girl. She has this brown hair, tan skin, green eyes. She's super accomplished. She's just like such a cool gal. She's down to earth, all these things, right? So I'm like painting the picture and I could go on and on about all my friends. And the crazy thing is most of them don't even know how much of a bombshell they are. Like they still don't even know Like, they're literally top players on my friendship roster. Like, come on. These women are amazing. And the reason why I use initials is because I didn't ask them to talk about it. So I don't want them to be mad. But 
I'm not going to lie. I've got some really hot friends. Like my friends are hot in the way that they're not only beautiful women, they are smart. They are independent. They are just badass women. So then we get to like my roster and I'm not saying I'm rubble still skin or anything. Like I'm not saying I'm an ogre, but like comparatively to my friend group, you know, I'm that super loud and bold type of girl that's kind of scary to people. I'm 5'9", I'm a curvier girl, and you know what? That's nothing against women who got curves because let's be completely honest, I love the plus women and any body is a beautiful body, but you know, I'm, I'm an interesting little character. So typically, if you were to see my team, you know, we're going out together, you know, I'm not necessarily the team member that's going to get hit on or talk to. And that is 100% A-OK. It is super important to remember that as long as your friends aren't sitting there going, oh, you're the ugly friend. Dude, they have nothing. They, they cannot control this at all. They cannot control the affection or attention that they get from these dudes or from these gals because they're just cute. And also you have to remember that Everyone looks at your roster a little different. So for one person, they may be like, wow, you are the most stunning person in the world to them. And for another, you might be Rumpelstiltskin, but that's okay. But here's the thing. 98% of the time, every single player on the roster feels like they are that person. The term that is most commonly used is probably duff, which is the designated ugly fat friend, which I think that term is stupid because it insinuates that if you are a bigger person that you're automatically ugly. And that's just not true. You can be ugly and skinny and you can be ugly and gorgeous at the same time. Like you could be the most beautiful person ever and your personality could be uglier than anything. But every friend group has one of these. And you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm going to designate myself as the duff of my friend group. And that's not like a, oh, sad, poor Emma. Like, let's cry for her. Like, let's, no. That's just my role. That's just who I am. And you know what? It's also important to remember that when people are attracted to other people, people got types, you know? A might be someone's number one type, but when they see, you know what, maybe S isn't their type. And maybe when I walk in the room, ooh, wow, I'm like hitting someone's fancy, but maybe A isn't. Like things like that. So keep that in mind with all of this is that everyone has a type. It's very like subjective. So when you were that girl in that friend group though, the best way I would describe, it, I was talking to my friend, one of my friends, Allie, and I was like, Allie, we were making jokes like, oh, where the duffs of the friend group, like blah, blah, blah. Um, and by the way, during this podcast, I have a lot of different friends named Allie. So like I'm going to use that name a lot and it'll probably be one of like three different people. But I'm talking to this Allie and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm the duff. Like we're cracking up about this. And she said something that resonated so hard. She was like, I'm the friend you have to get through to get to a friend. And I was like, you know, that is so true. And I said, we're almost like... Imagine our hot friend is standing at one end of the bridge, right? And all these suitors are at the other end. We're kind of like the troll at the bridge. Like, not a troll in the way that we're, like, actually hideous, because that's not true. But, like, we're the troll on the bridge. Like, we're protecting the other side. And we're kind of the gateway. And I think a lot of people see that friend that's, you know, maybe loud, like, the louder one or, like, the more quirky one or the crazier one, like... Oh, she's the approachable one. 
So people who have romantic interests or any interest in these other friends, other teammates on the roster are going to come up to you a lot. And it's something that's super common. If I could even tell you how many times in my life I have had, you know, a guy come up to me and say, hey, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. Two seconds in, he says, who's your friend? What's your friend's number? If I got a dollar every time, let me tell you, I wouldn't work a day in my life. I literally would never work a day in my life again because guys these days, girls these days, anyone these days likes to go to the friend. They like to go to the friend with the gateway. But here's the thing. If you're that friend, you need to be cautious about the relationships that you're building with these guys because you have to remember that these guys have a goal, right? Their goal is to get with your friend and you're just a way to get there. So that's what I'm going to be kind of diving in a little bit more. When you're the duff of the friend group, you got a hot friend, you got hot friends. When you feel like that, or people keep approaching you about a friend, people keep approaching you. Don't resent the friend because that's not it. That's not how we work because the friend probably doesn't give a shit. And if the friend does give a shit and she thinks she like keeps saying it or she's bringing you down or labeling you as that, oh no, she's not a good friend. But just remember that if this keeps happening to you, you got to take this advice that my mom gave me one time. And my mom said, Emma, you know what? You never hook up a guy with your friend. You hook up your friend with the guy. And I was like, well, yeah, what do you mean? Because I was telling her a story about it, like about a few times things have happened. She was like, at the end of the day, your job as a friend is to be there for your girls, you know, for your group, for your team. This outsider, if they want to get in, your friend has to ask for it. Like your friend has to be like, hey, that dude, Joe Schmo over there, he's looking good. Like, can you kind of go, oh yeah, go boost her up. Go say, oh, did you see that Sally Sue is over there? She's looking great. Did you hear that? She's all these like hype her up. But if Joe Schmo comes up to you and says, hey, your friend Sally Sue is looking fine. Girl, red flags, red lights should be blaring. Sirens should be blaring in your head because that is a red flag. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about why that's a red flag, my personal experience with it, and what you can do to get out of it. So there are a few reasons why this is a red flag, just like to start off the bat. One, if this man is coming up to you and he's like, hey, your friend is cute, whatever, that means that he does not have the confidence to do it himself or he's too lazy. And if you want to hear more about confidence and shooting your shot, that's actually what I talked about in episode one. If you haven't listened to it, give it a listen. Shameless plug. But that means that that guy does not have the confidence to do that. He doesn't have, you know, the time to do it. He just really wants to get an in. That he's going to this girl because he knows that you're the in. And remember, when he doesn't do that, when he doesn't go to her directly, what is he what he is really doing is he is, you know, putting his toes in the water. He's putting out feelers. One, but two, he's also preventing himself from getting a potential rejection and he's trying to use you to better his chances. Which strategically, yeah, if a guy comes up to me or one of my friends and I'm like, "Oh, my friend thinks that they're cool." Okay, that guy's, you know, already looking better and more favorable in my mind. But if a guy is using another person to get that in, he's not putting in the work. He's either too lazy or too scared to do it. And that's a big red flag. Also, using that analogy of the bridge again, 
So this suitor can be at one end of the bridge, your girl's at the other, and you're in the middle, right? You can completely, like, you are not the in or out for this girl. They can walk by you. And don't be that friend who sits there and is like, no, you can't talk to my girl. Like, no, you can't. No. Let him through. Let him make a fool out of himself if he's going to. And let him make a great impression if he's going to. But if they go through you, you're essentially carrying him over the bridge. You want him to walk over the bridge with his own two feet, go up to the girl and say this. But when you start helping, you are literally giving him a piggyback ride over this bridge and he's not doing the majority of the legwork. So I'm about to tell you a story of one time that this has happened to me. But remember, this has happened to me multiple times. I'm sure it's happened to you, the listeners, but I'm telling you this story so you can kind of get a full idea and an understanding of what's happened and what to look out for. And then at the end of the story, I'm going to be telling you some advice. So it's my sophomore year of college and I'm living in a house with four other girls. Two of them I was really tight with. Two of them, you know, we were roommates, we were cordial, we were cool, but you know, we didn't hang out all the time. We weren't, you know, chilling on the regular. Well, one night, this, one of my roommates, one of the ones that, you know, I didn't hang out with every single day, brought some friends over, you know, the layout of our house is super important. So an important part is the layout of the house. So, you know, she's having people in her room, which is on the front of the house. And then there's a kitchen, two bathrooms, and then another kitchen, which is connected to my bedroom, which is also connected to the living room. You know, there's a staircase in the middle and there are three bedrooms upstairs. So pretty much my room is in the center of the house. I can hear everything. I pretty much, if you're in the first kitchen or the living room, you know, you're essentially in my room. I'm pretty sure my room was a dining room when they designed the house. Roommates having friends over and this guy's over and I'm going to call him Jester in this story um, for no particular reason, but to protect, you know, his identity. I'm not trying to say that. I had met this guy a few times, but it's always been something super brief and casual. But this guy named Jester comes over and he decided to stay the night. So, you know, I hear everyone's like, like winding down. He decides to sleep on the couch. I don't know why or remember exactly why I came out of my room, but I came out of my room and I start talking to him. You know, we're sitting on the couch, we're having a good convo. This is really the first time that we're talking like in depth about each other and about each other's lives. During the whole night, I noticed a few things. I noticed he was really heavily flirting with one of my other roommates who he wasn't really tight with. So I asked him about it and I was like, so do you think that she's cute? Like I, I noticed these things. And he tells me, yeah, I think she's cute. All these sayings, blah, blah, blah. Cool. He thinks she's cute. I take this and I'm like, you know what? This guy's great. We're having a good conversation. I'm learning a lot about him. He's a great guy. You know what? I'll help you. And I said, you know, I'll put a, I'll put a feeler out for you, right? If I could go back, I would 100% take this back. I would not have done it because this started to have a snowball of events that completely like changed my relationship with him forever. So after that, I start hanging out with Jester more and more. We go to the grocery store together. We'd like hang out after class, like all these different things. I'd come to his room and his fraternity house. Like, you know, we would just like hang out, just have fun. And eventually, you know, we slowly start incorporating the roommate that he has a crush on and like some of my other roommates in it. So by the end, there's four of us who are consistently hanging out. So just for clarity in the story, you know, I'm here. It's Jester, the roommate he has a crush on, and then the other roommate who I'm going to call M. So Jester and I feel like had, you know, created a pretty strong friendship on this. M is starting to get to know him even more. They're becoming really good friends. And the roommate he had a crush on, you know, she's starting to vibe with him more too. But 
even with that and all of us four hanging out together, the more and more he got to know the roommate that he had a crush on, the more and more, you know, he kind of got distant with me and M as well, but more so me. And we'll talk about that a little later. So when he starts talking to my roommate that he has a crush on, you know, they're vibing all this, you know, my roommate, when he'd come over, would text me and be like, hey, come upstairs, right? No harm, no foul. And it just, every time he came over, seemed like we were all going to hang out because we'd been doing that recently. Well, this continues and this keeps repeating. So I'm hanging out with them and I can tell that he's starting to get annoyed with me and he's like starting to resent me, but he's not saying it to me. I can feel it in his energy, but he's not saying it to my face. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm just going to keep going. If I'm hanging out with my friend, that's cool. And I'm not going to lie. I'm the type of person where I'm like, if you want to tell me something or you want me to change something about how I'm acting 100%, tell me to my face and I will change it. But he never said that he didn't want me to hang out with them. I could just feel as the months go by and it's getting closer and closer to winter that, you know, he's not wanting to hang out with me as much anymore. Like we were from neighboring towns and we'd talk about winter break and I'd be like, oh yeah, we should definitely get lunch sometime. And he'd be like, oh, I'm definitely going to be super busy. Things like that. So it was definitely a big shift from hanging out every single day, you know, as friends and as buds to him seemingly trying to get more and more distant away. Also, you know, winter break rolls back. We come back for the spring semester and it just keeps getting worse and worse. And eventually I am literally just a text for him to get into my house and out of my house. And if he's desperate for a ride, like our relationship is essentially down to that. Whenever I was with him, he was just like very standoffish and all of these things. It just felt super awkward by the end of the spring semester you know, I could feel this friendship was really fading. And I didn't understand why, because, you know, it was fading with M as well, but he didn't have that same attitude towards her. And this really frustrated me. This really made me so mad because I was like, the second that you got to my friend, you just ditched me. But that's something that I should have known from the beginning. I was never his end goal. He never wanted my friendship as an end goal. He never sat there and said, oh, I'm hanging out with Emma just to hang out with Emma. He was hanging out with me to get to my friend. And when I didn't lay down that boundary and I said, hey, let me help you, my goal was not clear as well. I wanted to be friends with him, but I based that friendship on me helping him get to my friend as a common bond. I didn't make my intentions clear. It made our relationship confusing because I was just helping him in that way. And, you know, he was helping me with his roommate. But, like, it's just so interesting because the line started to blur. And at the end of the day, I'm like, did we even have a solid friendship at all? Because it can be really hurtful when you think you're building a relationship with someone. But really, they don't care as much about building a relationship with you. They care more about building a relationship with this other person that you have access to. By the end of the spring semester, you know, it's very transactional as a friendship. It's, hey, do you need a ride? You know, let me in the house. And we talked to each other here and there, but our friendship had really faded. And I think we both started to resent each other a lot. All summer, I'm gone working at a summer camp. So I really don't talk to him at all. I hear about his life from M and a little bit from my roommate he had a crush on. But other than that, I have really no communication with him. And when it's time to go back to school for welcome week, 
I end up seeing him at his new house. I don't remember exactly while we were there, but when we got there, he gave M and my roommate, he had a crush on a big hug and he kind of completely ignored me. Like he just gave me a little shrug. If I wasn't in the room with someone that I had previously like talked to and like dated in some people who I had classes with, I would have went off on him at that point. I'm like, am I literally that scum of a person that you can't even acknowledge my existence? Like you can't even say hello. We were friends. We were cool. But you're literally not even looking at me and you're not even giving me a hug. Like you did this to both people. And again, he gave one to M and I'm going to get to why their relationship was different than ours a little bit later towards the end. But like how rude I was so angry. And later that night, um, my friends and I, we go to the fraternities because we were babies. So even as juniors, we weren't old enough to go to the bars. And we see this girl on the lawn of one of the fraternity houses and she's not doing well. She's like vomiting, like all this, her friends had ditched her. So we said, we need to help this girl. And it just so happens that Jester was in the area. There were not a lot of Ubers. So we give him a call. I'm sitting in the back of his car. He's driving this girl to her apartment because we had gotten a hold of one of her roommates. And I'm literally holding this girl who I've never met in my life, holding her head up while we're in the back of the car. And he says nothing to me. Like, if it's not about this girl, it's nothing. The awkward level of this car ride was through the roof. And I'm the type of person that I can socialize with anyone. I can fake it till I make it. But at this point, I was so mad from earlier that I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, this is so annoying. So I'm getting this girl. We're getting her into her apartment. And then once this car ride is over, I'm out. I am done. So after that girl gets home, we end up going to the roommate that we have. he had a crush on and then M's apartment because I was living separately, separately from them. But I was visiting their apartment and I'm sitting on the girl he had a crushes on bed and I just start sobbing. Like I just broke down. I had so much pent up anger, so much pent up sadness about this friendship. And I was straight up to them. Like, why does he treat me so differently? Like, why am I so bad to him? And I didn't understand, like this was a huge burst of emotion for me. It was kind of out of nowhere, but it all made sense. I felt like I'd lost a really strong friendship and I did not understand why. And I didn't understand why he disliked me so much. And I fall asleep in my friend's bed and I wake up in the middle of the night and she's just not there. Like she's not there anymore. And I find out the next day that she actually went to his house. They were talking about like a ton of different things, but that topic came up and his perspective of the situation was he thought I was trying to get it in the middle of them. He thought I was trying to meddle in the middle of the relationship, which is just super ironic because from the start of it, I was helping him with that relationship. He essentially accused me of cock blocking. Yeah, there are some situations where I think about it now that, you know, maybe he thought that he was getting alone time with my roommate, but he thought I was cock blocking. But every single time I wasn't just coming over just to come over. I mean, I was invited every time or, you know, she would ask me to hang out with them. This man who we had built our friendship essentially around me hooking him up with my roommate thought I was cock blocking him. Like, what the hell? I'm just so annoyed by that. To me, you come to me and I help you with so many things with this relationship. But when I want to hang out with my friends, I'm cock blocking. I'm sorry. If you had a problem, tell me that earlier. We had a whole damn year that you could have told me this. And so this just infuriates me even more. Like the fact that he thinks that I was cock blocking. This is just, I mean, 
it was too much for me. I was so done by this point. That was my final straw. It was the straw that broke the camel's back. I was so done with him. So to wrap up the story, now I'm going to kind of get into my takeaways from this. One of the biggest ones, and this didn't hit me until very recently. I mean, he really ditched M as a friend as well. But the reason he treated her differently is because their relationship was not centered around his relationship with someone else. They were more compatible on a friendship level and what they both wanted in a relationship and a friendship than I was with Jester. So at the end of the day, they were able to build a stronger friendship that wasn't centered around another person's relationship. So, you know, M is much more nurturing, more um, kind of soft-spoken than I am. And I'm a very blunt person. I'm super honest and I care a lot and I care very deeply and strongly. And that was just something that wasn't compatible with how he was acting and, you know, how he wanted a friendship. So at the end of the day, the real glue to our friendship that was holding it together was me helping him get to the girl. And then once he got to the girl, he was like, okay, cool. Like our friendship isn't that great anyways. So see ya. And that's not the case in every single situation that you'll be in. You know, maybe the person is even closer to you or maybe you had a friendship prior. But when your relationship is holding on to this one single goal and that's the glue of your relationship and your friendship, it's not going to last and it's not going to be a fulfilling relationship at the end of the day once they get that goal. It's the exact same thing about people that you meet in a class in school, you know, you may be good buds while you're in the classroom, but are you going to hang out with them outside of class? Are you going to take that step to hang out with them? It's that same exact thing. You have something that's bringing you together, but if you take that out of the equation, are you going to still have that friendship? So the next time someone approaches you and, you know, wants to pursue something with your friend and wants your help, you need to stop and think, Ask yourself these two questions. Am I helping them because my friend is interested? And if the answer is no, pass. But if the answer is yes, okay, go to the second question. Am I helping them because I want their friendship and, the, or, and or the attention or because I just want to help my friend? And if your answer is you want that attention or that deeper friendship, I would recommend to pass as well. I would recommend to pass because if you are not like helping them just because your friend wants them, they want them, and you're just going to give them the final push together, if that's not what you're doing, you're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting your, that friendship up to not have a strong foundation and to not last. And it's going to hurt you because if you want that attention or that friendship and that's not what they want and that's not ultimately what the goal is, you are setting yourself up to be hurt. And if you decide to go through and help this person, you know, give them the push to get to your friend you have to always remember where your alliances lie. I'm not saying that you can't have alliances with two people, but if your girl is over here and things are getting a little messy, you better be at her side helping her and supporting her as opposed to helping that person and supporting them. Because at the end of the day, 
Your team, your roster of friends is so important. These are the people that you have been building relationships with. This is your squad. So why would you risk hurting a member of your squad, hurting a member of your team to just potentially have this new person come in? You know, why would you do that? That's hard. You want your friend to feel just as comfortable going to you as they've ever felt. You want your friend to be able to sit there and tell you how they feel and not worry about if you're going to take this information and tell it to the guy they're pursuing or tell it to the guy. Like you need to make sure if you are helping or if you're assisting or facilitating that your lines are there. So that comes with setting boundaries. You need to tell the other person and tell the friend, like tell your friend that you're talking to say, hey, I've got your back at the end of this. So whatever you decide, I support you and I'm not going to push anything else on you. I won't try to convince you otherwise because I love you and I trust you. And you need to tell the other person, the one that's pursuing, you need to tell them, hey, I'm not going to be giving you the information that they tell me. I'm not going to be the messenger owl. I'm not going to be doing that. I can help you in little things here and there, whether that's getting up the courage to ask her on a date or maybe some confirmation that she thinks that you're a cool dude, but I'm not going to tell you if she said that she's in love with you. That's not my place. It's not your place to do the work of their relationship. And what that leaves you time with is potentially if you guys vibe on a friendship level, you guys can become friendship and have become friendship. You guys can become friends and on your own merits because you actually like each other as people and because you're actually compatible and not because you're helping homeboy out. You can become friends because you're chill. And if that's at the end of the day, how it turns out, then amazing. But if at the end of the day, you realize you're not going to be this man's homegirl, that is okay. Because what you've done is you've protected that friendship that you already had, and you're also protecting your heart by not starting a friendship or creating a friendship around something that is not sustainable. This is my outro song because I still don't have one. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Um, I'm so happy that, you know, I'm getting the ball rolling on Selenial Big Sis. And if you're liking the podcast, please give me a follow here on Spotify and set up those automatic downloads because new episodes will be coming out on Mondays and Fridays. Seriously, y'all are the best. I hope you have an amazing week. Stay smart. Stay hustling. And oh my God, I'm so bad at outros. I'm just going to leave it at stay smart, stay hustling. Maybe by the end of my podcast career, I will be better at doing outros. So (laughs) seriously, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week.